0: This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. to drink i have blue moon blue moon blue moon and i have oranges in my blue moon because i'm super fancy val how drunk are you i'm very drunk on orgelia Rosalia.
1: That,
2: oh, she can't that's, even that's say funny. it that's not a good sign oh this is so
0: the reason i have her on the <laughs> podcast actually okay <laughs> Kuffy, what are you drinking
2: i am drinking my new favorite brute which is the louise distra which is $9 at Trader Joe's, which is the exact right price for me. I, I appreciate that. I
0: they have one of my favorite red wines. So normally I ask a very specific question when we start the literary briefs, but I'm going to start with, left everyone I know, hanging. I, I am getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> so the question I'm actually going to ask is, Explain your self-publishing journey to us, the other part of it, part two. Part two. Because I got distracted
2: by the whole crack hose story. I'm sorry. So, yeah. Woo! Crack hose! Woo! Crack hose, Woo! Hi. So <laughs> I my first publication ended up being a story called Petals and Thorns that was a BDSM Beauty and the Beast, because who doesn't want the BDSM Beauty and the Beast? And when I sold that story it was to lucid which is now defunct Mm -hmm. but they had a thing of that after two years they offered to revert rights back to you oh that was nice of them yes and so I thought well why the heck not I'll take them back and and try my hand at self-publishing with that one and you know and that little that story's earned me nicely over the years it's been great and with the 12 Kingdoms and Uncharted Realms books that started with the Mark of the Tulli, I did those with Kensington.
1: Mm-hmm. Book
2: four was the Pages of the Mind, which is what I won the read for. But after book five, they decided that they didn't want to keep going to, with the series. So the whole world reverted to me and I was not done writing the series. So I continued it self publishing. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. And How so that when
0: you went into the self-publishing because a lot of people don't realize
2: all the technical fun parts of self-publishing I mean there's it it's definitely a learning curve you really have to ramp up but fortunately there's good information out there and I had friends who helped me uh Annie Belay and Grace Draven are good friends well, and they both gave me a lot of advice and were very patient when I would email them and go, but well, what about, I don't understand you. Know, and that's really what you need. Uh, there was more crying. That's number three. That's that that wasn't actual crying, crying. That was whining. Okay.
0: From the record. It's stricken from the record. Okay. 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 Thank, you.
2: okay. Thank you. So, um, but you know, it's enabled me because I ended up getting laid off from the day job in fall of 2015 and I had thought that at some point I would be making enough money as an author to quit the day job but instead I got kicked out of the nest because my team got downsized. So I got a severance package and all of this and I decided well I'm going to try to make it as a full time author because that was what I wanted and but I'll tell you that if I would not be able to do it only on the trad career that the self-publishing you know because trad pays you maybe twice a year some of them pay quarterly but the big money comes in twice a year and sometimes it's not that big and the self-publishing brings in money monthly and so it's like that that's how i pay the bills does that ever have a conflict before I get into
0: my rapid fire questions I normally ask? And I'm going to remember them.
2: Oh, um, we'll
0: uh, does that ever end up with a situation with this stuff you're publishing? We've talked to a lot of authors that do have the traditional and the self and they're limited in
2: what they're allowed to self publish. Right. The non-compete agreements. Yeah. Yes. Um, there are ways to work around the non-competes. And if you have a good agent, then you will. But, for example, this series, The Twelve Kingdoms, The Uncharted Realms, Chronicles of Desneria, all of those books automatically get exempted from anything new that I sell traditionally. That whole world, all those characters belong to me, and I can do whatever I want with them. How many books are in that series? What's that? How many books are in that series? A lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Here that was the best thing ever this <laughs> right uh, that's how many uh, books are in that series
0: she's oh wow column. wow okay yeah, so. that's awesome
2: yeah that,
0: that was fantastic <laughs> <laughs> i love that you turned around and you're like i, am uh, I don't know can what to do up there? um 18.
2: nice oh are you still going on that one um what i'm doing is so we were talking in the first part about under a winter sky and how i did the prequel novella of long night of the Cry- crystalline moon and now i'm moving into heirs of magic what i'm doing is a reboot of the next generation in the world so oh. some of the babies that are born in these books it, it's like they're all in their 20s now and it's starting a whole new cycle so i'm hoping that that's a good place for people to jump into the world because you know when you have a very long series like that there are people who are like oh i don't want to have to read 10 books to catch up on the story and this is this should be a good place for people to step in if they want to no, that's,
0: that's awesome. a great idea no that's a very good idea Thanks. okay rapid fire question oh, the fire, okay. comes, i only remember about four of these so it's fine um you don't have but- them written down if that wouldn't no, help me, no. okay. The She's produce- too
1: drunk to read.
2: <laughs> Betrayed from within, always, always.
0: You know, there are certain people I would list on if there was in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. I want them behind me. That's gonna be like, I'm going fishing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> because I, I hey, I can catch meat, <laughs> right? Food important aspects anyway back to the rapid fire questions why we can't have nice things um what is your favorite book of all
2: time oh uh, okay well that was a great sigh
0: not, not yeah good- you know
2: i mean i hate being asked to identify my favorite book of all time well what book uh, do you like yes. to reread and brings you joy um i'm gonna say dragonfly oh okay what is the least favorite book you've ever read? Oh, I know this one. Deerslayer by James Fenimore Cooper. Which one? Deerslayer by James Fenimore Cooper. Oh, really? Our editor in the
0: background just did a,
2: a maniacal laugh. Why is that your least favorite? I was forced to read it in this accelerated reading group in like sixth grade, And it was the first time that I, because I was a reader, I was one of those people who read all the time, you know, my mother was always like, get your nose out of the book. And this was the first time that I did not enjoy reading. Oh, really? Uh,
0: Yeah. So you we've already established you're a pantser you do and you want it quiet you're a quiet monk like pantser in your office in the morning she walks
2: you are like the only person in my whole life calling monk like but yes well you
0: want it quiet like (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can't do i can't do quiet quiet ends up i don't know i write for me i have have no choice i have small children yeah who argue with dogs so what do you think one of your like i feel like all of us have little quirks and i feel a lot of our quirks change as a writer but what are your writing quirks that your editor is like Dude, what are you doing Or what?
1: how your bad habits change like uh mine um can be uh, Oh, i can't
0: wait for you to remember what yours is right now
1: what is mine right now is it not i think not? i i fell into that yeah editors what, what is my bad habit currently
0: no she no, some of no. our friends have like a lot of nodding or sighing or
2: eyebrow movement or starting all
1: the character names with j we've yeah. heard some fun ones yeah
2: yeah you know i actually keep a list now on because i'm the excel queen so for each book i'll have the letters of the alphabet and every time i name someone i'll put it under that letter so that i'll know how many people i'm starting with the same letter that is a brilliant idea. Jin, Jin's writing that down. <laughs> it, 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 I swear it has saved me you know it's like okay, I already have three people with K names I need to do something else. Um, well, crutch words uh, I, I do have a list that I keep for polishing and things that I search for and my crutch words are justin now. Ah. So I will go through and do a search for those and eliminate. Sometimes I will have multiple justs and nows in one sentence, which will just be like
1: because characters are always uh, realizing things. And We're and right now, now
2: he just time. decided that just now he was feeling that <laughs> now she needed to just go along. <laughs> oh my goodness! Do you have a story graveyard? I have one novel, um, the the Krakow novel, is in my story graveyard. And that one has never quite, I mean, in some ways, I mean, for all that she was mean and made me cry, it is a weird novel. And what I'm, is this weird novel about? Now we're curious. It's hard. Part of why it's a weird novel is it's hard to explain. It's kind of a contemporary, and it's about like shamanistic witches. That's not bad. That sounds fascinating. It's, I mean, I love this story. I totally want to write this story still. So then why
0: don't you? You're you're like a big deal
2: and you self-publish. You can write this story. You can totally do it. I think maybe the the time isn't right. So one of the things I've discovered, oh ye fellow authors out there, is that it almost never works with one of these older books to try to revise it that what you have to do is start over and rewrite from the beginning because if you try to revise it it's just going to take you a huge more amount of time and pain and so what i need to do is i need to start over and just rewrite this book from the beginning and yes i think i will
0: i think you should because you're again santa fe i can tie this all back to where you're living has all of those kind of characteristics to it with all the spiritual stuff i lived in albuquerque for a while right oh, now little- oh did you
1: I'm the expert
2: i'm actually an expert you are so <laughs> sassy right now <laughs> i actually but I, she's embarrassed too so you know it makes you always tournament.
0: gets embarrassed what's really fun is to watch her so she writes um a paranormal romance and all of this stuff but she also writes the erotica stuff and what's really super fun is to watch her i'm even talking about her doing it when you see the reaction yes yeah she loves the word moist um no. watching uh her try to read her stuff or yeah. introduce my pid name of um it's honey cummings honey. <laughs> And she actually is a pretty prolific writer as far as how much she writes. It's just she does this. But anyway, <laughs> back to how I know about Santa Fe is I, I moved when I was about 12 years old from L.A. I grew up in Hollywood, California to New Mexico. My mom had a lot of weird situations. But our uh, the people we moved in with had a ranch right outside of the Sandia Mountains, which means watermelon. And they look like watermelon mountains at sunset. And I it's- see Sandia from the other side. Yes. So the thing about these areas, especially Santa Fe, it's very, I want to actually use the word mystical, like just being there is a very mystical experience. And I don't know, unless you're there, you don't quite 100% get what I'm talking about. But there is a lot of, I would say spiritual energy in that area of our country. And there was a lot of Indians and stuff like that. And there's a lot of tradition, but it's also... The same state that has Area 55 and stuff like that. So Area 51. 51, whatever. (laughs) 51.
2: Well, 55 is just a few over from 51. Yeah, there we
0: go. Area 51, but it's it's amazing. And when you go into the city, you literally can feel it. Yeah. And so she's right there in the. I feel. I feel like a. I feel like
1: such a hermit because I've barely been out of Florida.
0: I know we've talked about this. I've only been to
1: Ohio for like a weekend for. help help with a family reunion and
0: yeah no they in albuquerque one of the best experiences and i told my kids i'm like we're going in the next two years as soon as it's back up and operational is the hot air balloon festival that's in new Mm -hmm. mexico it has one of the largest hot air balloon festivals over a thousand hot air balloons go up in the air and there's literally nothing like it like seeing that happen i know you have to see it from your side of the mountain and it's it's just beautiful like i used
1: to land and launch a hot air balloon in the field next to my house growing up
0: that doesn't surprise me valerie also raised cows okay <laughs> going back i think this shaman idea is she can really embarrassed she was literally describing we we're coming to a writing retreat which is where we're at right now and one of our friends um ways took her off the main highway through this very dark area and val's response to that was oh yeah i used to drive cattle down that road when i was younger you're cool what you're gonna go down and somehow the word joey's garage ended up in the sentence and i was like this really sounds like deliverance is about to happen it does <laughs> na, na, na,
2: na, na. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So you do you do you do a lot of conventions? You talk about RWA, but do you go to a lot of sci-fi, um, fantasy conventions like nerdcon? Well, I used
2: to. Well, I mean,
0: yes, time <laughs> of COVID. Has that yeah. affected your writing at all? This is something that's come up with some people because obviously you're a full time writer. You're normally at home, but has it changed it for you? Because I think a lot of the emotional weight some people feel like has arrived from COVID.
2: Yeah. Um. I don't know if it's because I'm such a ritualized writer, but I've been more productive this year because I haven't been traveling.
0: Interesting. I think that's great. I think that's fantastic. All of us were like, hey, if we get to stay at home, we'll write more. And then all of a sudden we weren't writing more and we were
2: like, what happened? Yeah, I mean, my life isn't all that different. Uh, Like I didn't get the disruption. The major disruption was is that my husband is home, but he's very, I mean, we've been together for 30 years, and he's immensely supportive and very wonderful about, you know, giving me the space to write and the quiet to write. So it has not been a problem for me. I I do love the conventions and I miss them. I don't know. if we, we didn't talk about it. I'm on the board of the science fiction and fantasy writers of America. I'm a director oh. at large. And so, you know, we were supposed to have Nebula Conference in May in California. And this book came out, Fiery Crown, came out on May 25th and i was gonna have a launch day party at the ripped bodice and have a signing at mysterious galaxy Aww. and i mean it was like all of these things that i was really super excited to have and it's like you know i yeah yeah people are dying but i didn't get to have my... <laughs> so I, I think that's true is that a lot of
0: I? Uh, you know it's interesting again being in hr we we looked at this thing and this thing happened and I think so many of us were like okay well this is gonna not be happening in a little
2: bit right right yeah we just you know June July we'll be back on schedule and we none of us thought that it was going to be Thanksgiving and I was going to go see my family in Tucson Arizona for Thanksgiving and we're not it's going to be just me and my husband and it's like you know maybe it's for the best because if back in March we knew that we were going to be doing this now we might not have been able to keep our minds but you know it's and I don't mean to be flip I I'm joking about that but I you know New Mexico was great we locked down very early we've had a mask mandate all along people here are mask compliant and so it's it's really good because it's helped contain the spread here but um
0: we're in florida where our governor is pretending that this is not happening so oh right uh, right we've all been self-isolating is why we're together but it's everywhere and the governor it's actually only the cities and the towns that have said here are the mask mandates, here are these things. The governor is like, we're in stage three, we're green, we're good to go. And we're all like- Record numbers everywhere. Like 10,000 people got it two days ago. Are you, it's the weirdest. And it's funny because you, when you live in these different areas, this is something I realized, which is different about the information superhighway. We were talking a little bit earlier that if an author says something, maybe not correct or a celebrity, and then everybody finds it's out about snowballs. it, like it snowballs out of control. But, for instance, I've never heard that New Mexico went into lockdown and did the mask thing to start with because they don't, we're not sharing that type of information. The state
2: information. Right. Yeah. Well, our, our governor is an amazing Hispanic woman who used to work in public health. And she made Gino. bold choices early on. And and now she's probably going to be tapped for Biden's cabinet on to be oh. director of like health and human services. And it's like, no, don't take our governor because she's amazing, but she is amazing. So no, that, I think that's fantastic. What about writer's
0: community for you? So we just got to talk to you through Miss Snodgrass, who was like, I think I have some friends. And I'm like, cool do you want to give me their email addresses and she's like maybe i'll ask them first and i was like that's probably a good plan because that's that's not creepy or anything
2: (laughs) (laughs) and melinda lives like down the road from me she's like a a seven minute drive from me that is awesome so
0: you do you feel like you have a really tight group of writers around you
2: yes both both real and virtual um santa fe And and New Mexico in general it's interesting you asked about conventions earlier, we have a local science fiction and fantasy convention that's bubonicon, which is named for bubonic plague. uh, Because (laughs) we actually do have bubonic plague in the wild here. Uh, But we've had panels on why are there so many sci fi fantasy writers in the desert Southwest. Because there are a lot of us. Um Stephen Day J Donald Stephen Donaldson, I'm not even gonna try for the whole thing, is in <laughs> Albuquerque. Uh, George R. R. Martin lives here in Santa Fe and he has a bookstore, Beastly Books, here in Santa Fe. Uh, there are writers that well, we were meeting in person weekly for coffee and now we're doing Zoom coffee, but you know, like Trent Zelazny, who is Roger Zelazny's son, lives oh. here. And a bunch of other people. Dorinda Jones is one of my closest friends. She lives in New Mexico. We do Zoom writing together every morning. Uh, So so I have all of these communities, yes, that are, you know, they they keep me going.
1: Yeah, I think uh, one of the biggest misconceptions for the modern author is thinking it's a solitary thing. And most of us thrive with a group way better we're way more well the,
2: the writing tends to be solitary but then you need your your people to talk about things with yeah do you ever get writer's block i don't that doesn't uh, surprise me because your methodology
0: and approach approaching your logical mind i think it's all very complementary because you know how you approach it is um we when we're talking to jeff strand he said he was a method author the difference is like he knows he has to get this done in this amount of time and he starts doing and i said do your characters lead you anywhere he's like no
2: yeah i mean (laughs) there's obviously like (laughs) (laughs) it's cool um no i mean for me that's part of having a writing habit uh that i i write the words and Sometimes they feel like very slow words and they don't feel like they're really leading me anywhere. But when I hit a slow part where I feel like I'm hitting a wall, to me, that's a signal that I need to just keep chipping at it. And I will keep writing the words, even if it's very slow, and chip away at that wall. And then there's always something awesome on the other side of it.
1: On a previous podcast, Connie Harris, which is probably one of my Favorite episodes we've done. I wasn't on it, so I'm a little jealous. But she talks about being on a panel with Nora Roberts. And Nora Roberts is asked, um, you know, does she get writer's block? And she goes, No, because you sit your
2: ass in the chair and you fucking write. You know, I mean, and that's I, I love Nora. I mean, she's La Nora for a reason and she's amazing, but I mean, there is something to that that it is a creative pursuit but it is also your job, especially if you're like, you know, keeping the lights on with it. And it's like, you're just going to keep writing and you will find your way through it.
0: No, I think that's brilliant because it's interesting. When I was younger, I had this concept of writer's block. And when I started writing, I had people give me all these little presents for writer's block. And I thought it was really sweet. And I'm like, I don't get writer's block, I get life block. That's what I call it. I get life coming in and going. You have this, you have this other thing, you now don't have time to write or you don't have like a good mental headspace to write because when you're exhausted or
2: whatever, you it's very hard. Well, down and through. for for many people, depression or other kinds of mental illness are a writer's block. And, and that's something that I feel like we always have to be careful to caveat, you know, it's like, if you're dealing with depression, if you're dealing with mental illness, if you're dealing with something else like that, then you need to, you know, get talk therapy and get chemical therapy and get a handle on that. But it's, it's not about the writing. It's about, it's about the other stuff. Okay. It's, so yeah, are you in your life? Are you still the avid reader you were before? I am um for a while when I first started really writing fiction my reading dropped off because one of the things about and this kind of comes back to what you asked me in the first hour about did I like to write my own or did I like to read my own books is for me writing a book gave me that exact same thrill and ride of reading a book that I really loved only it lasted so much longer and I could make everything happen that I wanted to happen right. And so I mean in some ways I do like reading my own books because they are totally my own wish fulfillment you know it's like my characters get to do all of the awesome things I always wanted the other characters to do when I was reading books. So. Oh shoot, I lost my train of thought. So what was the question? The question was, do you are you still an avid? I can't believe I know that yes, I'm impressed. I'm very
0: impressed. She never right remembers. I don't remember, but I asked <clears throat> whether or
2: not you're still an avid reader. Look at me. Yes. So and so practicing. it fell off for a while. And then I realized how much it had fallen off. And I made a deliberate effort to build reading into my schedule and now i make sure that i read at least an hour every day and usually it's two or three hours because that's part of how i refill the well that is awesome do you finish a book always or are you willing no to? okay nope i'm in the uh the latter half of the century allotted to me. So (laughs) at this point I have decided that I I, I'm count I have a friend who gives me shit about thinking that I'm gonna live to be 100 but I'm like you know why not shoot for the gold. Uh, So you know I I figure life's too short if I, I most books I will give them to 25%. Oh, but you're way I, yeah. more
0: generous than me yeah you're
2: yeah, more generous
1: I, yeah. than than me because it's the same concept life is short and i only got so much time in a day that i can read yeah and that's why i love that audiobooks is a thing now because i can sneak that in while multitasking other stuff but
2: and you can get those audiobooks just to listen to them yeah yeah
0: she's joking with you about yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> where's gonna go there's nowhere to go you're on a podcast <laughs> that back here. I'm, I'm sorry i'm no, sorry that I a, that's a, that's that's a so. high
0: five from a distance yeah. on, she was yeah. like yes yeah. i'm you know, seriously they, doing this. they do
1: that to me all the time so and this is my husband will even even agree that i am famous for walking myself into the perfect lineup for other people to make fun of me you, um, you, you it's, do it's you right lock those right balls right up there <laughs> And I laugh just as hard and and I take pride in bringing smiles to people's faces, even if it's at my my disposal. Your
0: expense? Expense.
2: That's your hard. disposal.
0: Okay. One of those things. No more one. I she's super pretty. It's fine.
2: <laughs> no more I say
0: that all the time to people that I work with when they're like blah blah blah. And I'm like, oh, you're super pretty today. <laughs> I can accomplish that. You're super pretty. Um one of my other questions hold on let me go back to it is do you review books so i know as an author i'm sure you get asked all the time to read books and blah 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 because you're a big deal but when you read books um besides the hey will you read my book and write a quote or do whatever do you um review books when you're reading them yes
2: if i love them so So,
0: star rating and above are you willing to tag on a book
2: four but usually five if if i can't give a book at least four stars i won't tell anyone i read it so so like back to the 25 percent. i am a huge fan of i have my white and i'm a huge fan of the free sample to my kindle and i will read the free sample and if i don't like the sample i don't buy the book but if i like the sample i will and I do post my reads to Goodreads, not assiduously, but I will do it. Uh, but oh, I The 25-cent word of this podcast. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Austin would have fell in love with her. Yeah, Austin would have loved you. He's my other co-host. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, My my agent's always trying to get me to take the $25 words out of my book. She's like, really, prognostication? Can't we say this? <laughs>
1: It shows. It shows your background. You know, it. It's always amazing to see how much of an author's life kind of does invade their writing and their their writing voice. And I think that's what makes writing so awesome, and being able to find the right author and why
0: people get hungry for that said author's writing. That's true, but that is a word that most people would have to look up. Yeah, because you're you're talking to a general populace, and you say certain words. I don't know. You it's not bad. And the I it's not great as one of our editors over here is a PhD in English literature, is not pleased. The demarcation of the vocabulary in general. Um, is that but it's true. (laughs) It's that yeah, I know. I yeah, I saw that.
2: Yeah, you use demarcation wrong. You're gonna be paying a penalty for that.
0: I already I pay so many penalties, trust me. She's my editor. It's a horrible situation for me because I am not the best at all of that, but um I think it's interesting you say that about reviews so I know you've had people ask you to read books how has that gotten for you because it's I feel like it's one of those things where people like even my friends who ask me and know me to go shopping with them and they'll come out like in an address and they'll be like oh my god what do you think of it and I always go Well, what do you think of it? Because it's like, oh my God, I love it, blah, blah, blah. I won't go, well, you look like a cow in polka dots. So you should probably take that off. Because if they love it, they love it. So what happens when friends or um people who super admire and are super fans of you go, hey, will you read my book? What do you do in those situations?
2: It it's a delicate dance for sure. And I'll tell you guys a story, but I'm not gonna tell you the names, no matter
0: that you how i how much they get you to drink fine yeah, yeah yeah i cannot
2: tell you the names on this but uh some friends of mine who write in similar genres uh one gal had come out with a book in a new series and she asked her very good friend who's famous author to blurb it and famous author friend hated the book and told her friend that she hated the book And I heard this from another mutual friend that she came back and said, you know, oh, I can't blurb this because I hated it. And here are the reasons why. And, and, and my friend and I, so there's like four people in this story. So I apologize if it's confusing. No, we were like, you know, we're besties and we write, you know, very similar stuff. And it's like, you know, if I ever ask you. To read my book and blurb it and you hate it please don't tell me you know she, she was like i would never tell you i hate your book and she's like i don't think it could happen but you know if if someone is a good friend of yours and they ask you will you read and blurb my book then what you do is you find nice things to say and after a while you get good at detecting this in other people like when you read the blurbs on the book I, I remember reading this one that I thought was the faintest praise ever, which was something like uh, a galloping story of knights on horses. I mean, It was like not quite that bad, but it was really darn close. And it's like this was the nicest thing this person could think of to say about this book. Um, instead, you say things like, you know, for people who love Betty Smith's stories of galloping horses will love this book um otherwise if it's people you don't know it comes to your agent hopefully and your agent and and so this is this is like my drunken confession of the secret I, of the I'm industry all okay. Confessions. is that's, that your agent fine. forwards your agent emails you and says okay such and so is asked if you will blurp this book do you even want to and you'll say you'll decide based on the description and say yeah send it on to me I'll try reading it And then you can decide and you'll say, oh, no. And then your agent comes back and says, oh, sorry. She is just so busy. So
0: busy. And and that makes sense. I think it's interesting. Like any um, art form or any action that a friend does, when you go to ask them to do that action, you can't have the mind that because they're your friend that has some sort of symbolism, that takes it above the fact that you're asking somebody for their opinion. Kind of like when somebody is, um, I don't know, does cakes. Like I have friends that do cakes, but for me to go, hey, I want you to do this cake for me and I want you to do it A, B and C way. I don't want to ever have a friend that goes, I don't know how the fuck to do that. And is it goes, oh yeah, no, I can do that. And then it's terrible. When you ask somebody to read a book, it's interesting because I don't think to the, my you know story about the polka dot dress is do they really want your honest opinion of it or do they want you to tell them something that they want to hear about the book
2: well you know and it depends like if we're going to extend the polka dot dress analogy if they're like wearing it to their ex-husband's heading heading ex-husband's wedding to the 25 year old trophy girlfriend and they're like does this polka dot dress make me look awesome then you'll be like okay honey let's go with the basic black sheath so that you do look awesome but you know if they're like i love this polka dot dress and i want to wear it to this picnic you're like yeah go with your bad self yeah go knock yourself out with that maybe not a lot of pictures
0: it's cool (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about writing advice. I'm sure you're asked this all the time, but what writing advice do you give authors? Mm, I give
2: the least popular writing advice, which oh, is okay. Yes, which is to write every day. Uh, I think that if you are trying to write that, and, and this was advice that I resisted for a very long time until i decided that i was actually not producing much work and that i needed to do something about that um if you are starting out and trying to get so that you're actually producing work writing every day at the same time every day is how you will build that habit and it creates the structure that allows the writing to flow into it and you you train your family and your friends and your colleagues to rest to respect that time so that there's no like basset hound conversations (laughs) there's no (laughs) there's there's none of this other shit because you've got to have that space in order to have the mental quiet yeah for the writing to happen
1: i agree with the advice i actually give the same advice often so um one of the, the one ways i i pitch it is it's not about making the time or finding it's not about finding the time You have to make the time. Yeah, because nobody ever
2: finds the time. Yeah, you'll never find the time if you're looking for it. Because and other people in your life will take the time. If if there's time to be found, they will take it. So you have to make the time. Totally agree. Brilliant. Okay, you have been so fantastically
0: wonderful on our show. Thank you. I hope we get to get through COVID and we get to meet in person. We get to do. Wouldn't that be great? Yes. yes, yes, we can bring the drinking without their water. shot glasses and see how far we can get into the podcast with shot glasses. It can be champagne, but we can do shooters. Val will be under the table in moments. It's pretty. exciting I'm super excited about this because Val will not last through
2: this. No. Well, I don't want to throw out a challenge necessarily.
1: Oh, but oh.
2: I do have a rep for being able to drink other people under the table. Jennifer. Gauntlet, Jennifer,
0: Jennifer, where are you doing? Okay, it's okay. You just sit there and be pretty for a minute. <laughs> Challenge <laughs> accepted. <laughs> Next time we're in person, <laughs> I'm bringing the shot glasses. And oh, one of our editors will referee. I think it will be amazing.
2: We're doing. I, I, I'm looking forward to this. I can't wait.
0: I can't wait either. So I will email you. You'll get all the, the glasses mm-hmm. and stuff. You have been fantastically wonderful. Yes, thank um, you
2: you, you, you girls are great. great. Go ahead, Tari. Oh, I just said you gals are great. This has been super fun. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
0: <laughs> That's okay. She's going to get off this podcast and go, Was I super dumb? <laughs> <laughs> I can call exactly the words that are going to come out of her mouth as okay, soon as we I'm going to <laughs> go take a nap and I think I sounded dumb. You're awesome. Don't let anyone tell you you weren't. This is Get me they don't get upset about anything. You were hilarious. <laughs> I don't think that's what people are going to say about this podcast. <laughs> Embarrassing. Okay, but sure. you have been wonderful. When people want to find you, again, how do people find you? Uh, JeffyKennedy.com, and you can find all of the contacts from there. Wonderful. You have been amazing. Thank you for being on Drinking with Authors. I'm Erica Lance. And I'm Valerie Willis. And we'll see you next time.